Hello and welcome to a new episode of Crime Spiracy. I am your host Quinton. And Shalane. And uh yeah. <laughs> um super excited for this episode. It's gonna be really short. There's also gonna be no new YouTube video because there's gonna be a new video next week. It's a and bonus episode. And a bonus episode next week. Bonus so, episode. Yes. We're going to have um, our normal episode recorded, and then we're going to do a bonus episode where we go. Shalane's going to try Chick-fil-A for the first time. Um, fun fact, she's never had Chick-fil-A before. I said that in the last episode. In case you didn't see the last episode, Shalane's never had Chick-fil-A before. In case you didn't know, go watch the last episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, so go watch the last episode. You can find out all about it there. Yes. Um. So basically, we're going to go. She's going to get Chick-fil-A. We're gonna get some sushi, and we're sushi. gonna we're gonna go to this re- this really cool Korean market. Yes. And um, we're gonna vlog the whole experience. Yeah, we're gonna be vloggers for the day. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, and make sure you guys don't miss out on that uh, at Crimespiracy the YouTube channel. Um, on our on our episode next Monday, I'll uh, I'll talk about the release date for that video for the bonus episode oh yeah yeah so um do you have any other talking topics yes i do um you haven't even subscribed to our youtube channel ridiculous yeah i have what are you talking about (laughs) just watched her click subscribe (laughs) oh my god i can't believe you ridiculous Okay, well, what I wanted to talk about is this freaking essay that I have been writing the past God knows how long. And it's for a scholarship because, you know, college is ridiculously expensive. And we thought that it was due today. But it was not, and it's due tomorrow. And I was, like, freaking the fuck out. Because you waited this long to do it? Yeah, because I'm an expert procrastinator. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't really that bad, though, because I literally just sat down for, like, an hour with my mom doing freaking revisions and... Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a pain because it's like, oh, you have to talk about this, this, and this, and this, but it has to be less than 500 words. Mm. And it ended up being 497 words. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite a bit. Um, I have a paper due tomorrow in my composition class, and it has to be 1,100 words. You. <laughs> Yeah, and it's an argumentative essay. So I got to choose what topic I wanted to talk about. And Why I, cats are the best creature. I chose... Um, I chose the... Why Felix is the bestest boy. No, I chose how, suburb, how um, suburbia is ruining America. It's going to be a very interesting paper. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I'm really worried because I still have to do all the research. Yeah, I have all my my sources pulled up, but I don't have I don't have a a good um um research p- 
piece done yet, so I'm really, really worried. Um, was that all we had this week for talking topics? Yeah, because somebody didn't want to help me come up with more of them. I just came up with some as I was talking. Oh my god. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Do you know when season freaking uh, five of Rick and Morty's coming out? Is it really when? No, I said, do you know when? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got me excited. I thought, okay, well. Nope. Oh my god. Get it going. I can't believe it's taking this long. Well, I mean, I guess I can't believe it because every season has taken like a year to create. I like hate not that just about a year, TV like three shows. years. Yeah, but not all TV shows are Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty takes an obscene amount of time. Any TV show takes an obscene about amount of time. Any TV show that's good. Rick and Morty season three literally took like three, four years to come out. It was like ten episodes. <laughs> it's so good, but unless they get a a grasp on on what they need to what how they're gonna be able to create the show and keep it coming out then i i don't know i think people will still follow it but it's just it's ridiculous um so i'm gonna go first this week and like i said last week i'm gonna do the bermuda triangle part two. Oh my god wait i have another talking topic okay cool <laughs> <laughs> this week i i got a puzzle and it is so cool and i found it from tiktok obviously what else would i find it from oh my god and it has like these cute little guys i'm gonna pull up a picture of it so at least quentin can see it and we'll describe it to you guys it's it's called the mystic maze if you want to look it up it's it's really cute okay it's got like little, little tigers on it and this little guy in a raincoat and he has this little friend who's like an alien and it's like a whole bunch of different rooms in there in each of the rooms like you know doing stuff yeah but then spoiler for the puzzle one of the tiktoks i saw when you open up the puzzle there's like two folders in it and one is like the main folder that's like the puzzle pieces and then there's another folder that's like don't open this until you're done with the puzzle and i was like okay so i opened it and there's another folder in that folder that says seriously don't open this until you're done with the puzzle <laughs> like it knew what i was thinking it was like come on yeah so you didn't but open I, it right no but i already know what was in it because i saw it oh you saw the tiktok yes but the tiktok is so this puzzle, it's not like an ordinary puzzle. It has like all the edge pieces, but then it separates into like four separate pieces, like each of the corner, like the edge pieces go up into the middle and separate it. And then when you open up the other package, it's saying you move around these quadrants of the puzzle and it creates a hole in the middle and then there's more to the puzzle. Oh, interesting yes and so i had to buy it that's pretty cool yeah dope and then and then i ordered a like frame so that when i glue it together i can hang it up on my wall Mm-hmm. that's pretty cool i've been staying up really late working on it yeah <laughs> and i know that my mom will yell at me so i have to put in my headphones to listen to my youtube videos to keep me entertained while i do my puzzle 
Ugh, man, I am so tired today. Sorry if I sound like really quiet. I'm just like. He's just a rat. I'm half asleep right now, actually. It's okay. We understand. Um. So yeah, like I said, I'm doing the Bermuda Triangle Part Two in this episode. Um. So last episode, I went over the possible explanations for the Bermuda Triangle. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to go over the notable incidences that have happened Ooh. due to the Bermuda Triangle. Did we get Amelia Earhart on here? Amelia Earhart is not on here because... You failure. She... No one knows where she crashed. We read that article and it said she... What, I don't even remember what that article said. Stupid. Um. Okay. You are rude. I don't, rude. I don't need... I'm not rude. I'm defending myself from you who is rude. So, Flight 19. It was a training flight on December 5th of 1946. It consisted of of a 13-man crew on a TBM Avenger torpedo bomber. The crew was supposed to be headed due east from Fort Lauderdale, then north and back to Fort Lauderdale. However, the flight never returned to base. Navy investigators attribute the disappearance to a navigational error that led to the running out of fuel. So the the plane was actually found um, closer to um, like New York than Florida, closer towards New York, and um, a plane was actually dispatched to go and to go and find this plane, and they found a they supposedly seen an explosion over the ocean and then an oil slick down below um and it was also reported that um that a uh the people who were investigating the flight not investigating it but uh they were able to track it with sonar it disappeared off their sonar at the same time so um people seem to think that the plane just exploded it exploded. But a lot of other people think that it was due to the Bermuda Triangle. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, Star Tiger disappeared on January 30th, 1948 during a routine flight from Azores to Bermuda. Star Ariel was another routine flight from Bermuda to Kingston, Jamaica that disappeared on January 17th, 1949. They were both Avro Tudor four four passenger aircrafts, and both were operated by British South American Airways. These crashes are both attributed to a fault in their equipment, and both crashed in uh, the Bermuda Triangle, which is really odd how they're almost a year exactly apart, and both were um, operated by British South American Airways. I think that's really crazy. And they're the same aircraft. Um, however, the crash is also attributed to a possible... Um, it, the Both both aircrafts were at their absolute limit on how far they could travel. And so people just think that they could have ran out of fuel or the amount of weight that they had could have caused their downfall. Another, um, the USS Cyclops, which is the... Cyclops? which is the largest single loss of life in the in history of the US Navy that wasn't related to combat. The USS Cyclops was carrying a full load of manganese ore and a crew of 309 sailors. 
with one engine out of action. It was completely missing without a trace sometime after March 4th, 1918, after its departure from Barbados. People attribute this to a heavy storm or wartime activities during the time, since it was during World War II. Or but World War I. World, World War I. Combat. It wasn't related to combat, but nobody knows for sure what it was, so they think it could have been wartime activities. But it's not officially related so you're to a combat. Liar. Fake news, everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, so I think this one's pretty interesting too because, um, I mean the com- the ship is just completely three hundred and nine people, just completely gone, and nobody knows where the ship went. Like it's just gone. It's crazy. Um, and then the um, the final one I have is one of the most notable Bermuda Triangle incidents, and it's actually pretty interesting, I think. A ship by the name of Carol A. Deering was a five-masted schooner built in 1919. Whatever the hell a five-masted schooner is, I have no idea. I know five-masted means it has five masts, but I don't know what the hell a schooner is. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Five-masted schooner. Oh. I know what it looks like, but... Okay, well, for those of you who are trying to imagine this, it's basically the same kind of ship that you would imagine in, like, a ship in a bottle. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. But, like, not in a bottle and, like, really big. (laughs) (laughs) Good good explanation. Thank you. (laughs) Um, it was found aground and completely abandoned without a trace of its crew near Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, on January 31st, 1921. After Deering was spotted, after the Deering ship was spotted, a large steamer came following almost in its exact path. And the, and the steamer was like absolutely massive. Like if, if you imagine a, um, a naval um, ship, that's basically how big the ship was. No way. Yeah. It was following almost the same exact path. Um, the ship ignored all signs by the lighthouse and covered its nameplate with a large cloth sheet so it couldn't be seen. Like, so they didn't want the what the ship's name was to be seen. Um, it is suspected, however, that the ship could have been another missing ship that went missing around the same time called Hewitt, or the USS Hewitt. And... Um, but nobody knows for sure, so it's just all speculation. And upon an investigation of the Deering, no crewmen were found. However, all compasses and navigation equipment were taken, and the ship's wheel was smashed with what was assumed to be a sledgehammer. And the mystery is still alive. Okay, well, it's pretty obvious that they passed by a mermaid island, and there were sirens that lured them off of the boat into their deaths. That sounds about right. It is. Except what about obviously. what happened to all the navigation equipment? Well, and the obviously, wi- and... aliens <laughs> from outer space. Large. They had a giant magnet that was specifically directed towards their navigation equipment. You mean? And their compasses. I think it was Jewish space lasers. No, it was obviously <laughs> alien magnets. I don't know. Seems like Jewish space lasers are behind this one. 
how else are aliens supposed to put on their human skin suit oh and walk God. around knowing where the heck they're going? They, got, we... they had to steal their navigation equipment to be able to navigate the Earth while they're here. That is the most brain-dead argument I've ever heard <laughs> for a figurative... <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even... Okay, your turn. I can't handle this. Oh, yeah, by the way, I still rate this. Actually, you know, I'm going to move it down. 7 out of 10. It's really interesting, but a lot of these um, these instances can be explained through very, very reasonable reasons. And the Bermuda Triangle, for a fact, is... One of the most navigated areas of the sea, of like the ocean. And there's only so many that actually go down. And so many aircraft, so many ships that go down. So I think that it just happens. And uh, yeah. I'm going to give it five frogs in a trench coat. Out of ten? Yeah. That moved down. You were talking about how much you loved this one so much last week. I mean, I do like it, but. Five frogs in a trench coat. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, well, this week we're going to talk about Harold Shipman. Harold Shipman. Harold Shipman. <laughs> so, uh, good old Harold boy was born on January 14th of 1946 in England. We got a little England boy. Um, sadly, his mom died when he was like 17 because she had lung cancer. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And it doesn't say anything about his dad. So, <laughs> oh, I see. Not sure about that one. <laughs> and then it says in 1966, he got married to Primrose Oxtomy. I That's, hate that name. It sounds very, very English, you know? Yeah. Like an, it sounds very like a name I hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they had like four kids, but then again, like it doesn't talk about his kids like at all. Um, so Harold studied at Leeds School of Medicine and University of Leeds before graduating in 1970, and then he began working as a general practitioner for. Pontefract General Infirmary. Okay. Um, during his first year as a GP, he was caught forging prescription of Demerol for himself, mm. and he was fined 600 euros, and he attended a drug rehabilitation clinic for a short period of time. What was the drug called? Um, Demerol. Demerol? Do you know what that's used for? Let me... Let me do a quick little look-see. Demerol. It's a narcotic. You, it can be used to treat severe pain. High risk for okay. addiction and dependence can cause respiratory distress and death when taken in high doses or when combined with other substances, especially alcohol. Oh, so it's probably like an opiate. Yeah, it is an opioid. I knew it. Noise. I um, guess noise can be used to describe his noise. opiate addiction. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously he got fired from the place that he was, like, forging shit from. Yeah, that makes sense. But then he moved to this place called Hyde, and he continued working as a GP, GP 
all throughout like the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then in March of 1998, this doctor named Linda, Linda Reynolds, um, she was like, hey, yo, um, a lot of these guys' patients are dying. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Um, she specifically expressed her concerns of the cremations of elderly women. In August of that same year, another guy, John Shaw, he was like, Hey, yo, I think this guy murdered 21 of his patients um, because he was a taxi driver and he would report like, like, Hey, yo, I saw these people go into the hospital and they were fine. Yeah. And in the next couple of days, he's like, oh, they died. <laughs> what happened? That definitely seems like a reasonable cause for concern. Yeah. For sure. So then going on, um, his last victim was, you know, the one who got him caught. And her name was Kathleen Grundy. Um, she was reported deceased from old age after, you know, good old Harold was the last one to see her alive. Jesus. Very suspicious, Harold. <laughs> yeah, Harold, he, dude, he's getting He's warm. not doing a very good job here. Harold, Harold sus. But honestly, just wait. He makes it even more suspicious because... Kathleen had apparently um, wrote up a will and left it out, and she had, she had left Harold, Harold, um, almost four hundred thousand euros. Wow. Um. It seems like a scam. Just maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, um, Kathleen you know good for her her daughter was a lawyer and so she's like ayo this is looking pretty sus my guys and so she went to the police and they began an investigation yeah as one would yeah so they exhumed the body and you know they just found a little bit of heroin (laughs) just a just a a tad of heroin (laughs) and herman was like she was an addict and he was like let me let me pull up my medical journal for you guys but of course his journal was on a laptop and you could see the date and time of all of the edits it was on a laptop yeah what year was this this is in the 90s on a laptop in the night the late 90s did they have laptops in the 90s 1998 oh okay sounds reasonable i guess what kind of computers did they have in the late 90s? I don't know. Okay, anyway, go on. I'm just curious. But, yeah, so it. they looked at his journal, and they were like, Ayo, you made all of these notes that she was a drug addict after she died. Mm. Um, yeah. So, Harold was arrested <laughs> <laughs> on September 7th of 1998. And during his arrest, they found they found the exact typewriter he used to forge Kathleen's will. And also during the, um, his investigation, they had certified 15 cases. And in each one of them, he administered a lethal dose of heroin, signed their death certificates, and then forged their medical records to indicate that they had been in ho- poor health and had been, like, addicts all throughout their life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. And also when I was researching in 
1957, there was this guy named John Adams, and he was charged with killing his patients as well. And it's said that he was Harold's inspiration. Jesus. Yeah. But anyways, um, Harold was given 15 life sentences, one for each of his proven victims, which is pretty nice. Mm. Love that. Um, But then our fun fact um, for this week, Harold killed himself in his prison cell on his 58th birthday. I wonder why. Which was in, I believe, 2002. So he was in jail for quite a while then. He was in jail. For four years? Four or five years? Four or five years. Four, three to four years. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, especially for like he only was there for that long. Yeah, like especially thinking about like the women's families. They're probably like... What a son of a bitch. He was given 15 life sentences and he spent like four years in jail. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, what? Man. He was just done with it. Yeah. What a bastard. What a bastard. Um, well, I'm sorry for this really short episode this week. We just hit 25 minutes. So I guess it's... 25 minutes. So it's at the shorter shorter end of our episodes but it's not too short yeah so um remember that next week we will have um fully hd videos coming out yeah and the, and we're gonna have our our bonus episode yes and our, our bonus vlog. episode yes that'll be really fun freaking episode heck yeah so make sure you guys stay tuned go over and subscribe to our youtube channel for more fun content coming very soon oh yeah <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys all uh, next week. Bye.